Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am your host, Hayden Grove, joined, as always, by our Cavaliers beat reporter, Mr. Chris Fedor, who is joining us on the road today from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with the Cavaliers take on the Milwaukee Bucks, the Eastern Conference's best team to this point at 10-3. and Cleveland at 8-5 and after an 8-1 and start. They've lost four in a row. And, Chris, we'll start there. I mean... It it was such an amazing start to the season for Cleveland. I mean, they just yeah. every night was they were finding ways to win, and Donovan Mitchell was fantastic. And you know, then they get Darius Garland back, and you know things start to look okay in in Los Angeles, and they look okay um, even before that against the uh, against the uh, the Detroit or excuse me against the Boston Celtics. So I mean, what happened over the last four <laughs> games that that? that changed things. I mean, they were not blown out in any of these games. I mean, they yeah. lost by two to the Clippers. They lost by seven to Sacramento, five to Golden State, and uh, five to the Minnesota Timberwolves, which Donovan Mitchell didn't play. So what happened over that little stretch there? Is that just a, it's a bump in the road, or is that something to be concerned about? Well, I think there are a couple of things, Hayden. I think, first of all, you have to look at their late-game offense. Um, they had a lead or they were tied for the lead um, in the final three games of that trip in every single one of those um, final three games of that road trip. And they just did not execute. Their offense was stagnant. It got bogged down. Um, The same movement that they had throughout the course of the game wasn't there. Their inexperience uh, in those types of games in that environment, it clearly showed. Um, after being either tied or in the lead in the final three minutes of those three games combined, the Cavs got outscored by like 49 to 15 um, combined by the Clippers, by the Kings, by the Warriors. That's not good enough in close games. You have to execute every possession matters. You have to run your offense the same way that you do throughout the course of um, the entire game. And, And the Cavs didn't. So that's a big part of it. They've got to figure out late game offensive situations. What's their go-to set? What's their go-to play? What's the hierarchy? Is it going to be Donovan Mitchell is the closer? Is it going to be Darius Garland is the closer? Is there a way to ping pong them off each other properly? A little bit too much my turn, your turn sort of thing that was going on there at times. Um, So Darius and Donovan have to find a way in those moments to be great together and then have that be great for the Cavs. 
So that's one thing that they know they have to work on. Even Kevin Love said it to me the other night following the Golden State loss. He said, look, this year, speaking of this year specifically, we're only going to go as far as Darius and Donovan take us together. We have to figure out that dynamic together. Yes, they've both been great when they're not on the court with each other. We got to find a way to make it great when they are sharing the court. That's the first thing. The second thing is their defense has been atrocious. Over the last week, no team has been um, worse defensively than the Caps. And now if you look at the, the big picture and you look at the totality of the season, they're still top five in the NBA in defensive rating. But over the last week, they're dead last in defensive rating. They're dead last in opponent three-point percentage. And they're dead last in opponent field goal percentage. And we know this. They want to be a defensive first team. Um, they want that to be their foundation. They want that to be the thing that they rely on while going through the natural growing pains that are going to come on the offensive end with two ball-dominant alphas trying to figure it out together. And the Cavs' defense over the last four game during this losing streak has been completely non-existent is that is that a is that an issue in regards to effort or is there something that they're that's being taken advantage of or what do you what do you think has been the problem defensively so if you go back to the end of the game the golden state warriors the warriors picked on darius garland repeatedly so I think that highlights one of the realities that the Cavs are going to have to deal with on the defensive end throughout the course of the year. Hayden, we've talked about this. They've got an undersized, non-traditional backcourt. And because of that, a lot is asked of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Um, the Cavs believe it can work with Donovan and Darius together on the defensive end, in part because of Evan and Jared. And if those two guys aren't great or aren't on the court together, the Cavs defense is going to suffer a little bit. The other big alarming thing that we've seen this year from the Cavs defensively um, that we didn't see last year is that they are fouling a ton. A ton. Like the free throw rate for their opponent this year for the Cavs is, is 25th in the NBA. Last year, that rate was fifth in the NBA. So they've got to find a way to defend at a high level with the toughness, with the grit, with the physicality, but also not following. And when you continue to give these teams, you know, 30, 30 free throw attempts in a game and you're you're not defending um, in a sound enough way to keep them off the free throw line, you're going to have some problems. Um, the other thing is, I feel like they're giving up way too many open three-point looks. Um, I know that they have a specific defensive scheme. Um, they have things that they have designed. They have some things that they're willing to give up and they're willing to take away. Um, but helping one pass away from three-point shooters is a very, very dangerous strategy in today's NBA. And, um, other teams have been able to take advantage of that, um, especially early on here in 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 this stretch, more specifically when they've been just a disaster on the defensive end of the floor. 
So it's been a combination of everything. And, and you know, I think you can look even more into it. You know, Jared Allen out. Um, Donovan Mitchell yeah, was I mean, out. He for missed the game, the game the other night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that yeah. was the Cavs' worst statistic defensive game of the year. I don't think that's a coincidence. With him on the court, they are statistically, with him on the court, just in those minutes, they are statistically the best defense in the NBA. Um, With him off the court, in the minutes where he's off the court, they are middle of the pack in defense. They are 15th in defensive rating. So, yeah, that's a big deal. But Jarrett was also there against the Warriors. Jarrett was there against the Los Angeles Clippers. Jarrett was there against the Sacramento Kings when the Cavs um, got completely shredded on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, I mean, allowed 127 to Sacramento, 129 to Minnesota, including 40 in the first quarter. Uh, tonight, Chris, and, and you know, I, we can took I, I, I want to see basically, I think maybe it was the road trip. I just feel like everything has been over the last since the season has started. It just doesn't feel like they've had time to just play. You know, everybody yeah. either Darius Garland's been hurt or Allen's been hurt or Mitchell's been hurt. Like, can we see the Cavaliers maybe from Friday to Wednesday of next week where they have four home games or excuse me? <laughs> yeah, four home games, Charlotte, Miami, Atlanta, Portland, like. I just want to see the starting five play together every night. Like, it yeah. just no Darius Garland hurt, no Donovan Mitchell hurt, no Karis LeVert hurt, no Evan Mobley hurt, no Jared Allen hurt. I just want to see them play together because we just really haven't seen that. Yeah, and I mean, I think coming into this year, I think a lot of people inside the organization and even outside the organization that were looking at the Cavs felt good about this team's depth. But but I think what we're seeing here early on in the season that when they're in a situation where they're missing multiple guys at the same time, the the depth is not something that you feel as good about. Right. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, if you have to play Robin Lopez 18 to 22 minutes, you don't feel as good about that. All of a sudden, when you don't have Dean Wade and Isaac Okoro is essentially unplayable because he still remains an offensive liability and he's not helping you enough on the defensive end— then it's like, okay, now where are we? There is no Dean Wade out there. Do we have to go to Lamar Stevens? Are we getting enough from Karis LeVert? So, yeah, I mean, I think there are reasons for the Cavs to feel good about their depth coming into this year. But as we're seeing in this stretch, when multiple guys are absent at the same time, that obviously exacerbates a problem. And they're heading into tonight's game against Milwaukee without Jared Allen, and they're probably not going to have Dean Wade either. And both of those guys are probably the best option that the Cavs have defensively for guarding Giannis. Right. Now it's going to be what? Evan Mobley, Lamar Stevens, Karis LeVert at times. Obviously, it has to be a team effort. That's how you defend Giannis. But in terms of the primary matchup against Giannis, like where do the Cavs go now? So those are the kinds of situations that they have found themselves in at times this year because of injuries right i'm i mean tonight will be a big test for sure um to play you know they've been tested boston's the boston's in uh atop the uh atop the eastern conference i think i said milwaukee first and i apologize they have the same amount of losses but milwaukee has uh, only 10 wins boston has 11 but two of boston's three losses have been to cleveland 
So, yep. I mean, th- those were big tests. But tonight, another big test is the Cavs take on the Bucks in Milwaukee. Like I said, Milwaukee only has three losses. Uh, but Cav- Cleveland's uh, at the fourth seed in the East. I mean, the sky is certainly not falling. It just seems like everything right now, they just kind of need a reset. You know, they need a reset game. And who knows? It could be tonight or they could they could wait until they get home, um, you know, with this four-game road, road – or excuse me, four-game homestand. Uh, but it just seems like everything's been, like, so up and down for this team. They just need to, like – get a game where they just everything just falls into play like tonight could be it having Darius having Donovan yes Jared Allen's out but you know you got mostly everybody else I know Dean Wade's out and that's not good but offensively they I I think that they need to figure that out more than the defensive end because I think defensively like you said you know when Jared Allen's out there they're still amongst the best in the league um and sometimes there's going to be it seems like there's just always going to be an issue with Darius especially defensively or excuse me only defensively um and that's probably not going to get fixed anytime soon just because that's who he is. So um, I, I want to see the offense like it late in the game today. What will happen? How will they come together? How will Darius play? How will Donovan play? Will they kind of you know leverage off each other? And it's something that they're going to have to continue to do throughout the year, and they're going to have to continue to do um, you know to tonight and to, and over the weekend and whatever. It's just something that they're going to have to figure out. It's funny because a lot of people, Hayden, were texting me um or or sending me tweets the other night i think it was against the warriors it might have been against the kings maybe it was against the king it was two games at the end of the road trip and they said take darius out replace darius with somebody who's going to be more effective and my rebuttal to that was of all the things that matter to the Cavs this year when we're talking about big picture a big part of their ceiling is tied to Darius and Donovan together. So, like, you can't be making these kinds of decisions in November with, like, the short-term picture in mind that also ignores the long-term picture. Right. You know what I mean? And the only way that Darius and Donovan are going to figure this out together is through reps and through experience. So you can't afford, even if it means like you're in a better position on a Sunday night against the Minnesota Timberwolves or a Wednesday night against the Sacramento Kings, even if for that moment you might be better without Darius, Darius needs to learn the late game situation alongside Donovan. And it just doesn't do enough good for the Cavs to take Darius out of those moments or take Donovan out of those moments because they've got to feel it. They've got to experience. they got to work through it. And look, sometimes, just like in life, in basketball, you learn through failure. Yep. And that's that's kind of my point. And, and kind of just like I said, like calming the ship. Like, I just want to see those two guys out there playing. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see those two those guys out there playing, those guys just – getting getting reps and, and feeling it out and it feels like whether it's been donovan's or D- darius's injury or donovan sitting out i mean it's just they haven't had that much experience. what how many games have they played so the cavaliers have played 13 games to this point yeah their their darius's first game back was um was that the celtics at home no no was it the celtics at home hold on let me pull up the schedule i I believe so i mean i have the schedule i mean i don't have it off the top of my head let me pull up the schedule because i don't know that i'm yeah garland had 29 in his first game back and it was against the celtics at home i believe yeah the home game against the celtics i thought you meant the road game 
No, no, the Celtics at home. So, okay, so they so they've played one game, half a half a game against the Raptors, right? So that's half a game. One game at home against the Celtics. Cavs win. They both rested against the Pistons, correct? That is I'm correct. Pretty, yep. Yes. Okay, so that's one and a half games still. Um, the Lakers they both played. That's two and a half games. Clippers they both played, correct? So that's three and a half games. Kings. Did they both play, or did Donovan sit that, or did uh, Darius sit that one out? No, they both played. Darius was less than a hundred percent, though. Okay, so Darius, so that's four and like, a half. I know games. what you're getting at. It's it's a yeah, it's a lot only, easier. They've only yeah. they've only played like you know five games together in total, and it's like whether it's been Donovan or Darius, it's just it just hasn't really come together yet. So I think you're right. It's just about getting out there and getting reps, and I think tonight hopefully will be the start of you know, them playing together and them starting to really figure it out. Yep. So far this year, they've played 146 minutes together, yeah. which obviously is not what the Cavs envisioned. No, um, a lot. And it hasn't been as successful as what the Cavs wanted. But again, there are circumstances tied to it. I think one of the best things that could happen to the Cavs, whether it's tonight, against Milwaukee or just over the next week is that they're playing a lot of close games. Yes. They're playing a lot of close games and Darius and Donovan are in a situation in the final five minutes of a tight game in the fourth quarter and the Cavs have to function offensively um, in a way that they're probably going to have to function a lot throughout the course of this season because they're probably going to be in tight games. Um, the Eastern Conference is a stacked conference, even um, some of the lesser teams in the East, not necessarily gimmies. But but for Darius and Donovan to play 146 minutes so far this year and have a negative 2.8 rating together in terms of net rating, like that's not good enough. Right. You're right. If that's going to continue, then the Cavs ceiling is going to be lowered. And the Cavs aren't going to be in the conversation with Boston and Milwaukee. But if they figure it out, especially late in games, and those two can be great together, then we're talking about the Cavs as a legitimate championship contender. And I think one thing that's really, really fascinating, Hayden, over the last week, week and a half, J.B. Bickerstaff has mentioned Miami when they got together with Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. He mentioned the Cavs in 2014 when it was LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. He mentioned Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. He mentioned Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So, like, he's thought back to some of these um, past situations where guys go into a new environment and it's taken time. And he was like, hey, look, Miami started 8-9. and nine. The Cavs started 19-20. and 20. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I remember and that like one. Be, beyond just the growing pains that were going to be natural there, you hit on the thing that that has added to some of this issue early on is that Darius has been in and out of the lineup. Um, Darius has been less than 100 percent because he's been dealing with an illness. So it's kind of like, yeah, the Cavs have played 13 this season but it hasn't been the normal 13 games that they thought they were going to get. So because of that, maybe it's going to take 20 or 25 or 30 or 35 or 40 or 
however long it's going to take for for right. the the Darius Donovan combination um, to perform at the level that that everybody in the organization believes that it can. And I think I don't even think it's a matter of can. I think it will. I don't think there's any doubt that it will. Um, it's just a matter of, like I said, getting them on the field at the same time. You know, getting them on the court. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just came from Brown's practice. I'm yes, you're right. There, it is a basketball court. Um, but I mean, from what you, but the, the the encouraging thing is, and we can we've definitely we really haven't hit on it. I mean, D- Donovan Mitchell has been incredible to start the season for the Cavs. Yep. I mean, he's averaging thirty one points, six and six point one assists per game. I mean, he's Donovan's shooting fifty one percent from the field. It's been a, an incredible start to the season for him. Then Darius, who has been up and down with injury, you know, scores fifty one the other night and almost leads the Cavs yep. back to a huge comeback. I mean, individually, they've been incredible, and that that's really what gives you hope. Um, that this that they're going to come together and be just fine because they've well, you know they're they're showing it. Well, individually, Darius has been okay. I wouldn't say incredible. He was in a shooting funk early on in the season. He okay, wasn't scoring yes. at the level that you were used to. The yeah. fifty-one point explosion the other night against Minnesota was completely incredible, and that really elevated a lot of his metrics his shooting numbers, his points per game, and his three-point shooting. But the thing is, like, you know Darius can be incredible. You know that Darius can be an all-star player. And you believe that the struggles early on in the season were circumstantial, and he's just too good for that to continue um, for a long, extended stretch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to see him, you know, and part of it, again, you said he's been under the weather, but he's maybe he's still, you know, his eye is still not 100%. His eye is not 100%. He said it the other night. It's not 100%. Yeah, so, again, these are all things to think about and consider um, as – like I said, this season unfolds for him, and it's just been it's been a brutal start. But I think it's not it's about more than that um, for this Cavaliers team. And like I said, tonight's a big test, but maybe maybe over the next four games at home, things will start to settle a little bit. And you just want to see him kind of grow into things. Um, but I, I think that I, we can continue to gush over Donovan Mitchell a little bit. I mean, he's just been, you know, he's been you, you we mentioned before the season, you mentioned that he was going to be a better three point shooter than advertised. And that's absolutely been true. He's been a, I think he's been a, as good a distributor as I could have thought for, and a, as good a playmaker as you could have thought. I mean, he's been the perfect fit for what this Cavaliers team is looking for. Yeah, he has. Um, And there are a lot of intangible things that he has brought to the table. And I was talking to Karis LeVert a little bit about this earlier today in Milwaukee about how he knew Donovan was going to fit in so well. And Karis has known Donovan for a long time. They have the same agent, actually. Yeah. And one thing that, that Karis said to me that stood out is that he has seen Donovan happy before. This isn't to be taken as... Donovan Mitchell was unhappy with the Utah Jazz. But Karis said his view of it is that um, Donovan is like 
rejuvenated and refreshed by a change of scenery and the opportunity that's here in Cleveland. Yeah, and and I think that has shown with his play on the court. I completely agree. I completely agree. And just the way he's going about everything, it just it's perfect. I mean, he's been he's been at everything and more for this Cavaliers team to this point. Um, what would I know? I know it's early and I know we kind of, you know, the Cavaliers are eight and five. Like I said, they're the fourth seed. What would it mean? What what would a win tonight mean? Would it would it be just that kind of win to kind of settle the ship a little bit and not move to five losses in a row? Would it mean nothing? Would it mean you know? Is it more how they win that matters, or is it how they play down the stretch that matters? I mean, what would a win tonight mean? I mean, that's the thing. I I feel like in early November or mid November, you don't want to overreact. Wins and losses, right? You want to keep perspective regardless of what's going on. And I think when it comes to the Cavs, this four-game losing streak, there has been stretches of good basketball, just like there's been stretches of bad basketball. But but I think it's important to like react to seeing, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to overreact, but you have to react accordingly. And I thought it was interesting that JB Bickerstaff yesterday. Um, before the team got together for practice, they had a little film breakdown and they had a little team get together. And one of the things that they talked about was just like, okay, what did we do in the first nine games that we're not doing here over the last four? And again, I think that's the way to look at it. And then you try and take all those numbers that you see and say, all right, does it match the eye test? Does it not match the eye test? And what are the corrections from there? So right. if the Cavs beat the Bucks tonight, like that doesn't mean that everything is fine. You know what I mean? Right. It. I think it gives them a better feeling going into this homestand, obviously. I think it allows them to stabilize themselves a little bit. Um, but it's it's not like this is a shaken team. It's not like this is a team that has lost confidence because they've lost four games in a row. Um, I, I think they feel like a lot of the things that have happened during this four-game losing streak are correctable, and they feel like they do have the personnel to correct these issues. So, yeah, a win tonight against Milwaukee obviously would be great. Another signature win on the resume, another opportunity for the Cavs to measure themselves against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. But does that mean just because they beat Milwaukee that all of a sudden the five-man starting lineup, um, if if you include Jarrett in there in your hypothetical vision, like all of a sudden that's fixed and you don't have questions about that? Does that mean that all of a sudden you don't have questions about their starting small forward spot? Does that mean that you don't have questions about um, how late game situations because one game against Milwaukee erases four bad games? It doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? This is the NBA. It's a long season. There are ups and downs and schedule plays into it and all that different kind of stuff. Yeah, I I totally understand. Totally understand where you're coming from. We've talked a lot about Donovan and, and Darius. Um, is there, it, it, you know, we, we haven't mentioned a lot about Evan Mobley, Karis LeVert. I mean, 
how are those guys coming along? You know, we've seen Mobley kind of struggle in stretches, but he's also played well in stretches. It's have we just are, are those just guys just it's it's important that we don't overshadow them because they're so important to what this Cavaliers team is. But you know, how what are you seeing from them? What are you seeing from the bench? Is there anything that stands out to you in a you know maybe not even a good way? Um, look, I mean, I like what Dean Wade has brought to. This team. But but there's a variable in here that gives me a little bit of pause, and it's the soreness that he's dealing with in his knee. Um, I said at the very beginning of the season, Aiden, that I thought Dean Wade was was the guy that they should have um, that they should have started at the small forward spot. And I understand why they went with Karis Levert. Um, and and I know that JP Bickerstaff believes in what is being referred to as a death lineup. And I know that J.B. Bickerstaff is going to have to see a pile of evidence that that lineup can't work before he decides to make a change. But I just think the floor spacing, the size, the physicality and the defense that Dean Wade brings to the table is very, very valuable. And you see it when he comes off the bench or you see it when he's in a spot starter role. It's just, again, the variable is that he's dealing with a sore right knee. Um, um, belief right now from sources that I've talked to is that it's knee bursitis, which is like a weird injury that could have a timeline of one week or it could have a timeline of like eight weeks, depending on how severe it is. Um, Dean was here with the team at shoot around in Milwaukee. He had a ice around his knee. Um, he did seem a little bit frustrated the other night when when I talked to him about this injury and the lack of clarity on the injury and the lack of specific timeline on the injury. But if he can get right, that is a guy who has proven to be very, very valuable for the Cavs in whatever role they put him in. Um, and I think there has to be a way for J.B., to find more consistent minutes for him, and I think more consistent minutes for somebody like Lamar Stevens as well. And that's not me overreacting to the other night against Minnesota, but but I think I think we have seen I think we have seen that Isaac Okoro at this stage of his development for a team that has legitimate playoff hopes. Isaac can't be a 20 to 25 minute a night guy, given the offensive flaws that he has. And I think some of those minutes have to go to somebody like Lamar Stevens, because every time he has gotten an opportunity offensively or defensively, he has brought things that have helped the Cavs. And I think, I think when he has a game like he did against Minnesota, you have to reward that. And you have to see if that's going to turn into something consistent. And if that turns into something consistent, then I don't say that you have the solution at small forward because that's stretching it a little bit too far. Have more quality options at the small forward spot than what it appears the Cavs have currently. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Dean Windler, or excuse me, Dean Windler. Duh. Dylan Windler. There's a lot of DWs. Dylan Windler um, uh, undergoing a P or what was a PRP injection? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's so he's going to be continue to be. I, it just seems like snake bitten is the completely correct word 
with uh, with uh, Dean Way or Dylan Lindler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you feel for the kid, obviously, yeah. because he has been through it all and then some. Um, it was supposed to be a minor thing, obviously. He yeah. came down on a teammate's um, a teammate's foot during the final practice before the preseason opener. And at that time, there was nobody inside the organization, not even Dylan, that thought it was going to keep him from being able to play opening night against the Toronto Raptors two weeks after that injury happened. And here we are. It's been more than a month since that happened. And now he's got the PRP injection and he's going to be in a walking cast, I'm told, for close to another two weeks. And then there's going to be some kind of ramp up situation. Um, And then it's just about like, did this PRP injection do what the Cavs and Dylan wanted it to do? Right. Or do they have to go down a different route? So I don't think he's out of the woods yet. He's very, very hopeful and optimistic. And the Cavs are very hopeful and optimistic as well. But the the recent scan that he had before the injection showed that there was still some ligament damage. Um, So the hope is that this works and he can get back on the court in like four to six weeks and maybe possibly work his way into the rotation as the season continues to go on. But um, who knows when it comes to somebody like this that has dealt with a variety of injuries throughout the course of his career. Yeah, it's been really tough for him. I feel I do feel bad, certainly. I mean, just and the idea of Dylan Windler is one that you would think could help the Cavs, right? Like they want spacing. They want three point shooting. If you put Dylan out there, he becomes a threat to the opposing defense because of what he is capable of doing. He's a ball mover. He can move without the ball as well. He understands how to play. He can rebound for his position. He gives a little bit of size and a little bit of length. So if defenses start collapsing on Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell or send extra attention in his direction, um, in either one of their directions, and, and Dylan theoretically would get the open shots that Isaac Okoro is getting, or he would get the open shots that Dean Wade has gotten, or Lamar Stevens, or Karis LeVert even, that makes you believe that there would be a path to Dylan being successful in that kind of role. But it's hard for this organization, and it's hard for J.P. Bickerstaff to count on him or trust him because they just haven't seen it. The idea of Dylan Windler at this point in his career feeling than the actual production that they've gotten from him and some of it's obviously not his fault but that's the reality in the nba and now if you're thinking about it if lamar stevens continues to be an impactful player when his number is called and, and dean wade gets healthy and he continues to be a positive when he's out there how is dylan ever going to get minutes it would take a pile of injuries all at the same time for J.B. Bickerstaff to be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go with him. He's suited up for one game this year. He's already way behind the eight ball here. And it's very difficult when you're the low man on the totem pole to find a way to get back into the rotation and just get some kind of playing time. Right, right. We'll see. We will definitely see. I don't know. You know, I don't know. It, it, this should focus on getting healthy first, I guess, would be the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the unfortunate reality is just focus on getting healthy first and everything else, you know, hopefully will take care of itself. 
Um, we haven't talked about the biggest thing, and and I know you want to get going, and I and I, I will end at this. Um, you have to, you got a pregame net to take. I get it. Uh, you're in Milwaukee. We can't leave the conversation without talking about the biggest matchup of the night: um, Rolo against Brolo. Is that the biggest matchup of the yes, night? Yes. Oh, interesting. The, yes. The Cavaliers play the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, and that means that Rolo plays Brolo, uh, Brooke <laughs> Lopez and Robin Lopez. In all seriousness, though, I th- so I'm sure that Robin Lopez will – will will Robin Lopez be in the starting lineup? Will he come off the bench? How will they kind of – what do you think the uh, starting lineup will look like in, in this one? I don't know. Um, if I had to guess at this point in time, I would say it's Lamar Stevens in the starting lineup again. Okay. You know, it's funny. Like, and then moving Evan, Mobley, moving Evan Mobley to the five and, and seeing, like, if Lamar's toughness and physicality and strength will allow him um, to at least, <laughs> I don't even want to say contain Giannis because Giannis is just a force that can't be contained by the personnel <laughs> that the Cavs have on this roster. Sure. Um, but, like, be a body that may sort of kind of bother Giannis. I don't know. That's <laughs> sort of. Sort of kind of bother. That's not yeah. good when you can only sort of kind of kind of bother a guy, you know? Like, I mean, is Evan Mobley supposed to guard Giannis tonight? Mm, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, that's a lot to ask of a 21-year-old kid who just doesn't have that same strength, physicality, and maturity. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Without Jared Allen, without Dean Wade, um... Those would be the two best primary defending options for the Cavs in this particular matchup. Um, but but I think I think Lamar has enough strength and physicality that that JB may just go that way. Okay. All right. Well, I'll be watching the Rolo Brolo matchup for sure. <laughs> That's the one that I'm. It's the one that I'm most invested in, to be honest. You forget everything else. Forget Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, you know, yada, yada, yada. We talked enough about them. It's all about Brolo versus Rolo tonight. So <laughs> if you're watching the game tonight, this is being recorded on Wednesday. Focus on that matchup. None of the others. Yeah. Who knew that was going to be the big one coming in? Although uh, JB joked uh, yesterday before we left for Milwaukee that, you know, he's getting um, he's getting some inside information. From Robin on on how to defend the Bucks and how to defend his brother Brooke. There you go. That's important. That's I mean that, I'm joking, but that's important. You know to to get a little bit of a. I mean I get it. You know you got to take you got to get every advantage that you can, right? Yeah, but even if you have the questions to the test beforehand, it doesn't mean that you necessarily are equipped with the answers. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> All right, Chris, go get your t- go get your pregame nap. Appreciate you joining us. I know it was a quick one, um, but I just I, I just really just want this. If I just really want it to like just level out, right, so that we can yeah. get a true a true sense of what's going on. Because right now, I think we can say like, oh, things are you know things were great, and now they're not great. I mean, we don't know right. yet. So I think they can go back to being great. I just think that they need to just find that sense of health and and calm the storm a little bit. Look, in the midst of everything, they're still eight and five, the fourth best record in the Eastern Conference. And they're one of two teams in the NBA that are both in the top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. The only other team that can make that same claim is the Phoenix Suns. 
a team that I think a lot of people would look at in the Western Conference as a legitimate title contender, right? So, yeah, they've had some slippage on the defensive end over the last week. They're aware of it. It's been atrocious during this four-game losing skit. But overall, for the entire season, they're top five in both. And the teams that, that are top five in both are typically title contending teams. Yes, the Cavs have some things to answer. Yes, the Cavs have weaknesses. Yes, the Cavs are on this four-game losing But it doesn't mean that you have to overreact to everything. React accordingly and make some changes and make some suggestions on, on what things need to change and what things need to be corrected. But there's no reason to overreact because I think based on the talent that the Cavs have and the potential, that they've shown at times this season, they will be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I think it's heading that way. All right, well, we'll see what tonight brings. Um, in the meantime, like I said, get a good nap in. We can't wait to read your coverage on cleveland.com slash Cavs. You should definitely sign up for Chris's subtext, $3.99 a month, 14 to free trial. All you got to do is go to cleveland.com slash Cavs, click the blue banner at the top of the page, and you'll be good to go from there. So again, cleveland.com slash Cavs. Click the blue banner and you will get all of uh, Chris's insight, analysis, news, and straight to your phone um, from wherever in the world the, the Chris is tonight being Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All right, Chris, you have a great night, my friend. Um, we will watch you or we will watch your coverage and we will watch for your coverage on Cleveland.com. We will read your coverage and uh, we will talk to you soon. Sounds good, bud. See you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.